Well, welcome everyone to today's podcast. My name is Jen Lozano and I will be your host this week. And I am happy to say that I am joined by the ladies of Heart of the Father Ministry, my friends, colleagues, and family, Janet Lozano, Rachel Lozano, and Jacqueline Harper. And we have something in store for you for the season of Advent that I am really looking forward to. We thought we would change things up and we just wanted to make this season a time of reflection and turning our hearts to the Lord. And so each week during Advent, we will be sharing a scripture and a reflection on the theme of that week for Advent. And so I get to host today. We'll be switching up hosts each week. So I am happy to be with you today. I love the intentional seasons of our church and how they allow for us to reset and refocus ourselves on the Lord. Advent is a season where we are called to prepare our hearts for the coming of the Lord Jesus. It is good to have intentional moments where we remind ourselves of God, who He is, and what He has accomplished. The theme for this first week of Advent is hope. Let's look at our scripture for the week, and I will share my reflections. Jeremiah 33, verse 14 to 16. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will fulfill the promise I made to the house of Israel and the house of Judah. In those days and at that time, I will cause a righteous branch to spring forth for David, and he shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. In those days, Judah will be saved and Jerusalem will dwell securely. And this is the name by which it will be called. The Lord is our righteousness. Why hope? The biblical definition for the word hope is confident expectation and desire for something good in the future. This scripture in Jeremiah reminds us of God's promise and how he intends to fulfill it. Let me give you a really quick backdrop for this scripture. As a young boy, Jeremiah was called by God to become a prophet, and this was about 625 years before Jesus was born. Jeremiah proclaimed the word of God under the rule of the last five kings of Judah, which was the house of David. Out of the five kings, the last four kings during Jeremiah's time were evil, rebellious, and disobedient. The final king, Zedekiah, reigned until the Babylonians captured Jerusalem. The kings were destroyed and the people were driven out of the land. Things were looking pretty bad for Israel. Do you remember the promised land that Moses had seen? Well, now they had been driven out. Do you remember the promises for the house of David? Well, now the monarchy had ended. Things seemed impossible and pretty beyond rescue. But Jeremiah begins to plant hope. He refocuses and reminds the people of God, I will fulfill the promise I made to the house of Israel. I will cause a righteous branch to spring forth from David. So why hope? Because God is who he says he is. And God does what he says he will do. Now we have the great privilege to be living on the other side of this scripture. Out of the seemingly impossible, God did raise up the righteous branch, Jesus, and Jesus changed everything. It became even better. In Jesus, we are gathered in and become sons and daughters of God. I love the beginning of the Catholic Catechism where it says, 
In his Son and through him, he invites men to become, in the Holy Spirit, his adopted children and thus heirs of his blessed life. So not only do we become sons and daughters, but we get to share in God's life. God is our source of hope and the grounds for hope. When I turn and I look to him and what he has done, I am filled up with knowledge and love for him who came and rescued me. Those of you who have been around Unbound for a while may have heard my husband, Matt, share a story about early in our married life. At that time, Matt was working as as a teacher, and our family was growing, and we were struggling. Matt was looking for a new job, and he had applied in many, many places, and up came a job that seemed like the perfect fit. It was a great location, it was a great fit for Matt, and the financial provision would be important for our family. Now, I might point out that maybe I may have put my hope in the wrong thing at this time, but that might take another podcast. But as you might remember hearing in the story, or if you haven't heard before, Matt did not get the job. I remember it was a Thursday afternoon and he got the phone call that he lost the job to another candidate. I was devastated. Matt was devastated. We went to bed feeling really sad and just unsure of what the future held. The next morning I got up while the house was still quiet and I turned to the Lord and I gave him my broken heart. In that time, the Lord just reminded me of his great love for us and his promises to provide and how he had provided always in the past. I knew in that moment that God was going to take care of us. And so a little while later, when Matt woke up and came down the stairs, I said to him, I think we need to celebrate. I think we need to celebrate that you didn't get the job because I really believe that God has plans for us. And so this was a really big deal at the time. And this is, we always laugh about this, but we got takeout. We got Chinese food to celebrate Matt not getting the job. In that moment, God had reminded me and filled me up with hope for what was to come. God also directs us to himself by hope. A friend shared this great quote by Dr. Peter Kraft. Hope is like headlights. It is not easy to drive without headlights in the dark. Isn't that great? <laughs> I just That's so simple. So not only do we get to participate in God's blessed life, but we get to participate with God throughout all of eternity. Now, I don't know what eternity looks like, so you might say that's kind of dark and fuzzy for me. But when I go back to the source, I'm filled with hope. I know that the best is yet to come. I am filled with the biblical definition of hope, confident expectation, and a desire for something good. Now, because this is a Heart of the Father podcast, I can't but help encourage you to join us. Come with me and hit reset. Refocus yourself on the Lord this Advent and be reminded of what is coming when the baby Jesus arrives. One of the best ways I know how to hit reset is with the first key of unbound, repentance and faith. Will you join me for a moment of prayer? Let's turn our gaze to the Lord now and throughout this Advent season. Dear Heavenly Father, I just surrender to you. I give you my life again. I give you my expectations for the future. And Lord, I just repent for any way I have lost sight of you or I've put my hope in other things. I I repent for becoming distracted by the things of this world. 
And Lord, I just want to return to you with my whole heart right now. Lord, you are the one thing, and I thank you that you always come and rescue me. And I thank you for the plans that you have. Amen. Well, thanks, ladies, for joining me today. (laughs) Hopefully God stirred up some hope in you. Does anyone have any thoughts or reflections you'd like to share in response? I think the word that struck me in that reading from Jeremiah, the last line, and this name by which he will be called the Lord or righteousness. So Jeremiah is prophesying who Jesus is. He is the Lord, our righteousness. And it just made me have thoughts about, first of all, how the Old Testament always speaks to the New Testament in Jesus coming. And I recently was listening to Neil's talk, the blessing talk, where he leads us in that meditation of going into the River Jordan with Jesus, coming up and looking for Jesus and realizing he's not there, but then realizing he's within me. And Neil said, this last time I was listening, he said, and you come up and you say, I'm clean. I'm clean. And it's just that sense of, you know, being clean. I'm righteous before God. But it's not because of anything I did or following the law as they would have thought in the Old Testament. But it's because Jesus now dwells within me. He is our righteousness, and I stand in his righteousness. Mm-hmm. That's our grounds for hope. Jen, I really loved the way you so clearly reflected on like the hopelessness that the Jews faced in in the situation in Jeremiah. Like nothing was going well. It was a hopeless situation. And yet we were able to bring that back to our minds when you talked about your situation and your family when Matt lost that job. And I just am so struck by your declaration of hope. When you woke up and you had that sense of celebrating the loss, you were standing in a hopeless situation, yet you knew the one who brings hope. And you were able to say, we're just going to trust. We're going to celebrate. And I can't help but think about times in my life when I have felt hopeless about situations in my family, with my kids. And I'm just really inspired right now to remember where my hope comes from and to declare that with in the seemingly hopeless situation. So thank you for that reminder. Jen, when you were talking about the kings, right, and all of them were evil and they got driven out of their land and David, what God had spoken over David, that was done. The kings were destroyed. And it was just making me think about how we get into those patterns of this is the way it's always going to be. Like even though God promised something else, this is what it is now, and this is the way it's always going to be. And that's such an awful place to be. And what a lie that there is hope. And how do we move forward? Like driving without headlights. Peter Kraft had said, how do you move forward? How do you go into the next day if you just feel like it's going to be a repeat of what you've been going through? And so what a gift to know that there is hope and I just think about God's mercies are new every morning, that there is hope every morning, and that even though if it seems like things have been bad or going to keep being bad, that that's a lie. It's not true. There is hope. I was thinking 
you know, as I was preparing for this reflection, just about all the things we've been through with a pandemic over the past year or two years even at this point and how things have seemed impossible and hopeless at times. Or maybe we've put our hope in certain things. I remember at the beginning of last year, it was like, I can't wait for vaccines to come out because then things will open up (laughs) and that didn't happen, you know? And so it's just a reminder of putting your hope in something that isn't the Lord that everything else fails Mm -hmm. too. I think the piece too about the darkness, sometimes what we perceive (laughs) as impossible is not how God perceives it or sees it is good to remember as well. So the Israelites really perceived that everything was over. In fact, as I was preparing for this, I was talking to Matt about the scripture, and he was saying a little later in Jeremiah, God actually tells them to to go into Babylon. He tells the Israelites to go into Babylon and to actually intermarry and become part of Babylon, which was completely against anything the Israelites had heard up until that point. And they could not see what God's plan was. They just had no idea. But his plan was for their good. And the good did come in his son, Jesus, which is just beautiful. So I was thinking this is a little bit more superficial. But does anyone else feel like this when they get sick? And you feel like, I'm never going to feel better. And you know, I've gotten sick before and I'm going to feel better. But in that moment, even if it's just one day, you feel so miserable, even though you know that God really comes through, that you get better every single time. And it just made me think of that, that like, I need to remember, I need to remember that I'm going to get better when I have a cold, that even when things are bad, they're going to get better. The Lord, he sees all of it, you know, he's over all of it and it's not going to stay like that. Well, thanks ladies. I really appreciate your thoughts that just so beautiful and really encourage me. And I will just wrap us up with this scripture sort of along the lines of what we've been sharing about from Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil to give you a future and a hope.